Hello and welcome to the Project on the Rocks podcast where we bring you stories from the Project and Agile community as well as inspirational learnings from leaders in the space. All right, mate, you're comfortable? Have you got a beer or wine or a water? I've got a cup of tea at the moment. It's a bit sad, a bit sad isn't it? That'll do it. I have cracked a beer. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> Go for it. It's Friday afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, do it. I guess we're going to start off by doing a bit of a kind of icebreaker piece, mm-hmm. um, which will just give me and everybody listening a bit of insight into you as a bloke um, before we jump into the, the details of your story and, and get into some of the more interesting topics. Do it. There better be interesting questions, well, Chris. Well, we'll see. I didn't want to I'm going to rate you deep. on how, how, how interesting your icebreaker is. I'd say the surface level at best. <laughs> Shoot. Um, so, full name and where do you come from? Uh, Bradley Ian Bennett. Uh, where do I come from? I come from Box Hill, um, Melbourne, Victoria. Very nice. Very nice. What's the best job you've ever had? Mine. Current job? Yeah. Oh, nice. <coughs> Excuse me. What's the worst job you've ever had? <laughs> I, almost, I almost said mine, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. What's the worst job I've ever had? I don't know if I've ever had a bad job. I used don't to. Worry, um, no, no one's going to judge you. Yeah. <laughs> I used to um, like um, mop the bottom of a deli floor when I was a kid, but I like that. I used, you know, I've, done, I've always enjoyed my jobs, to be honest. That's good. That's more yeah. of a mindset, I, I, like, I, think. I, I like I like humans and I like doing stuff. So yeah, right. jobs is full of humans and doing stuff. So I don't know. I'd never have a bad job. That's good. All right. Um, if you had no limits to your imagination, what would your dream job be? You can go as wild with this as you want. Mm, and my dream job. I mean, honestly, like I live a, I live my dream. So um, I really couldn't think of anything else I'd want to do. I think the expansion of what I'm currently doing to a broader context and a global context is only only thing I would envisage. Um, and potentially playing or diversifying in different fields. Yeah. Right. Okay. That, so that would not not a rock star, not a footy player. Nah. Not nah. the next James Bond. Nah, no, nah, I don't think so. Like my, no. my inner purpose is just to connect and help humans, you know, and I think a lot of humans actually have that inner purpose themselves. So yeah. I'd like to be able to do that at a bigger scale. You know, Brilliant. we're doing it at a good scale at the moment, um, but there's always bigger, bigger games to play. Well, maybe we'll jump into that a little bit later, I reckon. Um, <laughs> favourite band or musician? Well, favourite band or musician? Now or whenever? It's a hard one, isn't it? I, I would say yeah. of all time, but now it might be more interesting as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like folk music, so I'm Do listening you? to the dregs. At, yeah, the, the dregs at the moment. The dregs. Um, uh, yeah. Well, I'm writing it down. I've never heard of them. Oh, yeah, alternative folk acoustic um, yeah, band nice. they are. So I listen a little, a little bit of um, uh, them um, all the time. I don't know. That's too hard. I can't go it there. Is, yeah. I'm pretty eclectic in my. Yeah, pretty eclectic in my music. I am as well. I haven't made it around to dregs yet, but I'll I'll maybe yeah, pop check them after. Check uh, them out after you finish. Yeah. Um, what are you currently watching on Netflix? Uh, currently, that's a good question. Currently watching uh, a little bit of Animal Kingdom and a little bit of Made. Oh, yeah. My sister's yeah. watching Made, actually. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, the, the one to talk about, though, is everyone go watch Mr. Inbetween. If you haven't seen Mr. Inbetween, go watch Mr. Inbetween. That's the uh, one. Is that, is that, that's an Aussie one, right? Yeah, it's set out in rural Victoria, but uh, I think they're supposed to be set in Sydney. But it's a small budget and uh, it's gone. I, mean, I don't think it's on Netflix. You can get it on Binge. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but Mr. Inbetween is the one you want to watch. All right, pop it on the list. Um, yep. This is still relevant for you. What's the first thing you want to do when lockdown ends? Um, 
first thing I want to do in lockdown. Lockdown hasn't hugely affected me. I'm a, I'm 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 a pro lockdowner, uh, like a happy living, working from home. Yeah. yeah. Um, first thing I want to do when lockdown at the end of the day, I'll be going to the pub and having a few beers with my mates. And yeah, that's know, me as well for you know, sure. That that you know nothing, nothing nothing over the top. I've managed to do that a couple of times this week actually, which has been nice. <laughs> <laughs> we had a um I had my birthday between lockdown five and lockdown six in Melbourne and oh, everyone really? was overlooked. Yeah, yeah, it was a great night. <laughs> Boys yeah, everyone was mad for it. Everyone was mad, everyone was up for it because they hadn't been out for three months, yeah. So I think we'll have a few parties. Yeah. Watch out. What what watch out, um, civilians when then when, when lockdown <laughs> Um Sydney or Melbourne? Oh, I'd probably I'd say Sydney. Even I live in Melbourne. I love Melbourne, but I'd probably say Sydney. It's a beautiful city. It's a, I can't, you know, I can't. It is. I can't so, fault um, it. I spent a little bit of time in Melbourne. I've lived for years in Sydney. Um, I'm really torn. So Sid, Sydney's got the the kind of natural beauty I feel, and the outdoors mm. and the weather. Melbourne's got that CBD though, which is pretty. I mean, it's <laughs> up there, right? Yeah, it's great. The cafes are great. The people are great. Like yeah. Melbourne's great. There's, there is no problems with Melbourne. I've just done quite a bit of travelling, and there are some beautiful cities in the world. Like Rio de Janeiro is such a beautiful. I mean, New York, forget about it. Rome, London, yeah, and yeah, Sydney. Yeah. To, like to Sydney gets there. Like you know, you talk about those great cities. Melbourne doesn't. Take the t- t- you can't. It doesn't. But Sydney, you know, you, you know, we don't have a coliseum. We don't have an opera house. Like you need something to get there. And you know, Sydney. Sydney's a world city. It is absolutely. Yeah, it is. Um, what song would be the theme tune to a TV show about your life? Ah, what song would be a theme tune? Well, it would be something you can sing along to. Like the Friends theme tune nailed it, right? Everyone knows it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I mean, the song that comes to mind is um, Don't You Forget About Me, you know, which is from – it might be too young for you. Don't you forget about me. <laughs> I know the one. Yeah, I yeah, Breakfast Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah. tune. So, mate, I wanted to um, to jump into kind of your story and the story of Epic, because I imagine it's quite an interesting one, um, or maybe it's been really easy. Who knows? But I wanted, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. Hopefully, you've got some battle scars you can share. Yeah, um, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about how you ended up starting the business? What brought you to that point? And then let's talk about thereafter what happened and how you got to where you are now. Mm, yeah okay um yeah so how did i start the business um how did i start the business i'm from i went to university as a in, in technology so i came out as a as a programmer i wasn't never a very good programmer to be honest i was a good communicator but um in that particular craft i wasn't the best but i understand it um so i ended up um uh, i don't know being part of a lot of projects in the in the 90s that i i personally was just unfulfilled is really what it comes down to. Like, uh, you know, I would get paid good money and, and I went, you know, to the UK contracting and a whole bunch of stuff. But as a human being, I wasn't fulfilled. And I, you know, looked at, looked at leaving the industry and doing doing other things. And then I was like, you know, there's got to be a better way to be more fulfilled at what I do, you know, because um, work is important. And a lot of people do, you know, tech development and project delivery. And, um, and for me, the agile movement and the connection with human beings is something that really resonated. I got a, I got to be myself, and I got to understand other humans and how they operate, and I got more fulfilled. Like it, 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 it filled me up. You know, that's probably good. the best, best way to describe. I became a better person, and from it, um, so I don't feel feel like I ever changed. I was always the same, but agile fits me like a glove. Like we just fit each other. So I don't, you know, and often when we teach to people, people are like, oh, I've always been doing that. I'm like, yeah, you've always, you just 
don't have that language, right? You've always been right. an agilist in your head, you know, always pivot and change and ask questions and connect. You know, that's just kind of get feedback. Like that's just what some what some humans do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just you know fitted me really naturally, and then every time I kept on working, I just kind of wanted to bring other people on the journey. So you know, I probably started coaching before coaching was even like a thing to be honest like there was yeah, a time right. there was there was no thing i was a tech lead <laughs> a project yeah, lead but you know shift. like yeah well like, like well, you know like i was you, you were always coaching adult coaching wasn't a thing there was no role for it like it's just something that some people did um and now obviously we have an explosion of that 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 particular role so yeah for me it was just a natural evolution of you know creating vibrancy in myself and then creating vibrancy in the people around me and then that led to creating vibrancy in other coaches or create, like creating vibrancy in more teams and then i realized that um in 2013 all the scaled agile frameworks came out you know there was less and safe and dad a whole bunch of them all got released in 2013 20, uh, 2012 2013 um so organizational agility kind of started around then and then I had this massive realization that the vibration of organizations is quite low. You know, people don't like going to work and a lot of the stats are like that. You know, 15% of people are promoters of their jobs, you know, 18% are detractors and, you know, 62% or whatever, 63 just turn up. Wow. Like people just like, – like the stats are ridiculous. Like people just That's turn nuts, up to work. And, yeah. So this is not uh, – like to turn around and try to get more promote, like not even to change jobs. Stay in your current job, but to get more out of those 65 people, 65%, 63% yeah. who just turn up. So now we have 40% of people who are pumped. Like, I was like, hey, that's like, you know, that really resonates with me. Then I'm like, oh, I can't do that by myself. So I was like, okay, so who else, you know, has the ability to um, change the vibration of the humans and the teams around them and what bigger presence can we make and what bigger vibration can we lift? And, you know, that's really kind of what our – our mission is as a business is to create amazing workplaces that people love, you know, and I'll, I'll often like annotate that with, you know, starting with one developer at a time. And it literally is like, literally it was like that. Like give me someone who hates their fucking life. Am I allowed to swear? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah. And, and then, and, and then change their vibration, change their state, make them love their job. And then they're better with their family and better with their, you know, friends. And then they're better with their team and then everything just vibrates better. Sounds like you were one of the, 65 percent as you know you kind of turning up and weren't feeling particularly fulfilled what was the catalyst for you to just be like you know what i'm chucking the towel and i'm doing my own thing i'm going to make a change i'm going to make this happen uh well the, the as i say i think just um uh, the ability to be able to connect to other and, and change their vibration so um moving away from being just a developer and actually moving mm. into a leadership role and then moving into coaching roles and as i said before like it, it fits me like a glove, so it's, it's something that it is, it's a natural core strength. I don't really have to develop it. It's just mm -hmm. there for me. There are other things that I do need to develop, so I'm not saying that. Um, <laughs> but that one was natural for me. That was natural for me to be able to get a group of human beings and to be able to focus them on something and be able to, to, uh, to, do, to deliver something at high um, high performance in a really fun way that you're not burnt out, that you're just like, hey, so what's next? So, um, yeah, to me, it was just a natural evolution of my life, to be honest. It was, I never really, never really thought about it. And so when you started the business, did you feel, did you kind of have a vision for where you wanted to be five and 10 years later? Or has that just happened organically and over time? Yeah, I think it's more organic than that. So um, my personal beliefs on that is that, um, I'm, I mean, I believe in feedback. Um, so the market wasn't ready, to be honest, for a transformation company full of coaches when we first started out. Were you quite early on the scene then? Yeah, 2013, I started the business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and the market just wasn't ready, to be honest. So um, uh, I wouldn't say that it wasn't until 2016 that all of a sudden there was an appetite for um, coaching or modern ways of working and then transformations. And then 2018, 2019, you're like nuts, right? Like that's nuts. And then what's interesting now is that uh, I think the, the market, um, the greater world market, has recognised not that you not only need to change, you need to change multiple times. That it's just it's iterations of change, and I think, yeah, and I think a lot of uh, companies that we go went through. I went through an agile transformation, or you know, ways of working transformation. Like the really good ones, they've already changed again. Yeah, and this is why, like the Spotify model, and people go, "There's no Spotify model," because they keep changing this fucking Spotify model because yeah. they recognise that they can continually reinvent themselves, and. Um, being able to teach organisations to self-change, that's bloody great because you don't need external consultancies. You need to actually learn how to do the core skills of change yourself and continual change, yeah, so. What do you see as being the next significant sort of change in, in the scene? First of all, it's going to be standard. You know, yeah. we're already seeing it uh, already. So old ways of working will disappear. New ways of working will be the standard way of working. Um, and then I think your question is the new frontier. I think these core skills of recreation are going to be actually embedded in organisations. So what I mean by that is rather than going, hey, Mr. Strategy Company, come in here and strategize, I'll give you a million bucks, the companies are just going to go, no, we're going to build that in our core DNA and we're going yeah, to do it right. ourselves. Is Epic helping organisations to do that and to become that? Yeah, that's what we coach, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the moment, the way we do it is we often get strategic direction and then we help implement it, implement that. But I do believe that organisations will hopefully develop that, those core capabilities internally. I feel as though I've made a faux pas here in that we haven't actually explained what Epic Agile do and, and who the business <laughs> is as a starting point, which might have helped to give some context. Um, so shall we do that? Yeah, no problem, yeah. Tell me a little bit about the business and, and, and what you do. Cool. Yeah, so Epic's a, um, a transformation business. So we're a business agility transformation business, um, which is a big mouthful. But um, uh, primarily what we do is we study and watch um, uh, different ways of working globally and organizations have implemented them. And then we teach and coach organizations who want to change, who recognize they're actually in a state where there's problems and the problems could be on a whole variety of reasons. We can go into them. Um, and um, yeah, we, 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 support, we support their change. And you know, one thing on that is um, Agile for us is just one pillar of eight. We think it's like to be successful in change, Agile literally is 12% of your change. And a lot of companies go, that's the answer. And it's just not like it can't get you there. It's a really good it's a really good methodology to learn. But business agility is much bigger. It's much broader. It's much more impactful. It's why Agile transformations have a perception that some of them can fail because they're not tackling the bigger stuff. They're just tackling the, the, the squad stuff. So, so that's what we do. Um, we're in four countries now. Um, and I have like six or seven offices um, and there's 80 staff. So 60, co uh, 60 70, 70 coaches and um, 10 who in the back office who, who run the business. That's amazing. So we're pretty, yeah, so we're pretty lean. I saw recently, have you, have you just launched North America? Yeah, yeah, just launched in Canada and North America Brilliant. with the director over there, Ron Lalario, who is amazing. I liked his video, man. He's like, he was like super personal on there. I was like, I'm so bought into you and I've watched you for 30 yeah. seconds. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's awesome. Ron is amazing. He's amazing. You know, he's the kind of guy who gets up at 4.30 every morning and meditates for an hour. Well, and I said, hey, Ron, what you, I'm like, Ron, what do you meditate on? He goes, <laughs> sometimes I meditate on eating a sultana. Oh and the taste God. of the sultana in my mouth. And I'm like, no. can I be like you when I grow up? 
<laughs> God, that makes me feel awful about my habits. Uh, there you go. Um, so, right, so you, you've been, Epic has been up and running for seven, eight years now, grown to 80 uh, people. Oh, but- Five years. I was kind of twenty sixteen. We kind of rebirthed ourselves here. It's kind of when we 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 went. Um, that's when we started expanding into different regions and left Melbourne. And right. um, I came I came together with my current business partner Rob Gaunt, who is based in in Sydney. Yeah. Um, he was running an agile practice for a large consulting company up there, which is and he's amazing. He's an amazing businessman. He's a he's a machine of a man. Um, and with his with his output. So um, mm. he's taught me taught me a lot on how to grow and scale. Maybe I had the kind of like the the vision, but he's certainly um, the engine room of growth. Is kind of how I how I how how I see our relationship. Um, yeah. So that's kind of when we moved. And so, what's next for the business then? Or are uh, you yeah, going to let that be organic? Uh, a little bit, a little bit. I mean, we've, what we're finding in market, as I'm sure that you would, is the appetite for change is there, and now mm-hmm. it's a it's a conscious choice. So, um, uh, we will continue to expand. We'll expand into multi regions. So we're already in four. So we certainly have the vision to go to other regions. Um, we love what we do and around vibration. So our issue is is how do you get people with the right vibration to share that with others? So we know we have the the methodology. That mm. works, but our issue is is we're just not willing to lower the vibration of our organisation. Yeah, um, right. So we have a talent issue. You know, we don't have a sales issue. So we could be bigger than we are right now, but we don't want to bring people in or humans in that we don't think are at the right level of vibration for change. Um, yeah, so we protect that a lot. So that's our chal- that, that's our challenge. That is, that is a challenge, right? For sure. And I guess that becomes even more difficult the bigger you become, right? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, everyone from the moment we were 10 people to 20 people to 40 people said, hey, don't scale. You can't, like, you were going to lose our culture. We're better now when we're 80. So I don't agree with that statement. What I do think is important is who you let in has to fit the cultural values and standards of the organization. Right. Um, So, and you need to be restricted about it. Like, cultural alignment is the most important thing, full stop. So we don't like, – like we've delegated all hiring now. We did it quite early on where the tribe hires. So mm. um, we don't have a PNC and HR function. We have a tribal function and the tribe will orientate around um, people in um, – we have something called um, DTS or global talent um, and they hire because it's their tribe. So they self-regulate who comes in. How do you think you've managed to achieve what you have? How do I think we managed to achieve it? <laughs> Honestly, it's just, I think it's the same thing that I w- we were just talking about, and that is that um, the people I bring in connect at a vibrational le- level. Like I don't know, it's, I don't know, it sounds probably a bit hippie, but um, <laughs> we 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 do a lot of layering, like building on top of our, our ideas. Like we're yeah. creationists at the end of the day, so when I sit around with the directors, we just create stuff. Like, hey, how about this and how about that? There's very little. No, you can't do that, or no, that's not like we just don't really say no that much. So it's always yes and, yes, and, and and how about this? Or yes and. We've got some um, improvisation coaches to come in and coach us. All right. And, and we actually play yes and as a game, which is an improvisation technique. And, what is that? Uh, yes and. Um, <laughs> have, you heard of, have, you, have you heard of a game called I'm a Tree? No. Oh, let's play it, yeah. You play people, it? Can only, people can only hear us, can't they? They can't see us, can they? Uh, I am recording the video, but TBC on whether or not I'm going to use it. All right, all right. So, we'll, so, so we'll do it in words, right? So I, I go first. I go, I'm a tree. And then you've got to be something around my tree. Go. I'm an apple. All right. And then I'm a little um, bee flying around the apple. 
I'm the raindrop falling on the bee. Ah, there you go. I'm the cloud that dropped the raindrop. I'm the aeroplane flying through the cloud. Beautiful, right? So, so I'm yeah, a tree is a, a layering is a concept because as human beings, we um, we are very critical by nature. We're overcritical and then over we critique more than creation. Mm-hmm. It's how we survived as 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 a, as a species, right? Like you know, we've got to be safe. So the problem is, is we're not actually very good at co-creation. So things like I'm a tree teach you to co-create. So we just put co-creation as the number one element of our organization in our, inside our DNA. And often we will go into companies and play I'm a tree with senior executives. Really? Straight away. Have you got to warm them up for that or what? No. Nah. Because the thing is that they're just too smart. They're too critical. Uh-huh. So you've got to disarm them. You've got to give them different tools. They don't know how to layer. Such no wonder they can't make thing. a freaking decision. <laughs> I'm going to play so, this for the, the team on Monday for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we do lots of them. Like, you know, we do lots of gameplay to shake them out of stop, unlearn them is what we call it. Like they're so built to respond, react, block. And what we want is we want to create, innovate and play. Yeah, so I would say, yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, probably it's probably it's why we love it. Obviously, we change the vibration, but yeah, we we will go in, we will go in straight away to sea level workshops, and we'll be playing uh, tiki toki or I'm a tree game gameplay from the get go in the middle of the room because it changes everything. Everything changes, and certainly when it gets sticky, you know, crunchy, it's like bang, let's play a game. And 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 they're like, and people go like, you, they go, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, well, I'm not bloody PwC and Bain. They can't do that. I'm epic. I can do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah. This, this, this is how we roll. Okay. That's amazing. Brilliant. I was going to ask you then about your, your leadership philosophy, but I kind of feel as though you, 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 you've spoken to that already, really. I mean, it's that, right? I don't know how you, I don't know how you explain that, but it's evident. Yeah, I don't know about that. I think leadership's a whole different game. Like, that's my personal philosophy on me right, as a right. human being in the organization. Um, I don't... I've not been trained as a leader. I'm probably learning um, about where my leadership edges are and gaps are. So I think right. that's a different conversation. Um, but, you know, my leadership philosophy would certainly be about setting direction and then getting out the way and creating space for others to grow. Right. That would be my philosophy. It's good. Yeah. Set clarity and direction. That's, that's yeah, the job. All leaders out there, if you listen to this, your job is to set direction and get out the way. It's their job to do the work. It is not your job to do the work. You just get in the way. That's good advice. Yeah. Hard maybe my, maybe my boss is listening as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out, Chris. You might not have a job. Yeah, yeah. I can edit it. I can edit it. <laughs> That's just for me. What advice would you give to somebody who is sort of aspiring to progress through this space, you know, and become a coach? My advice would be, first of all, to um, – to follow your intuition so no matter where that takes you like it like roles don't matter they don't like like there is no boundaries around racy charts in life so my advice is if something draws your interest like you know coaching lean in just keep leaning in even when it gets uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. so that was my primary advice like like find what you find interesting and learn more about it like it's pretty <laughs> yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah, yeah like, like, like there's opportunities everywhere. Like you know, there you know. So if um, if you're a BA and you see unresolved conflict, lean in, have a conversation, start doing group facilitation. You know, start going. Can we could discuss this? I don't feel that we're on the same page. Like mm. that's coaching. Like start learning the craft. You know, um, if it's not working for you, do it again. 
you know? If I, if I always love, like the conversation I love is like, give me the biggest problem. And I don't mean like the biggest human problem, like give me the biggest problem because there's a real desire for change there. Like give me the project that's failing, the program that's failing where you look like everyone hates it. Like, give me that one. Yeah, right. Like, give me, like they can be the easy stuff. I don't know, someone else can do the easy stuff, right? So my advice to um, yeah anyone who wants to go down this is practice. Get See if you can do it. There are techniques around it. Um, use visualisation. You know, there's lots of different facilitation techniques. Yeah, yeah. You know, things, like, it... you know, things like, you know, silent facilitation. Facilitate resolution with no words. Have a go at that. Tell me a little bit more about that. What on earth is that? Well, there's lots of ways. You can do silent prioritisation. Human beings, we're so smart, our words get in the way. So if visualization and movement of information is actually much more powerful and faster. I mean, in traditional days, we used to do sticky notes on walls. Yeah. Now you've got mural boards and mirror boards. But we will often do, when we do large workshops, silent workshop facilitation. It's faster to get outcomes and everyone is heard. Yeah, right. Interesting. So stuff. practice. Just practice. Yeah, okay. And, and can anyone become a coach or have you got to have a certain style and flair about you? That's naturally within you to actually be a good coach. Well, there are two different. The first question was, "Can anyone become a coach?" And I think the answer to that is yes. <laughs> and then I think the second question was to be a good coach. And then, and, and I think the, the answer to that is it depends, because um, the thing is, different teams want different things. So you know, I might be good for some one team, but not very good for another. You know, so I, I think the the truth is is that different coaches and different styles connect at different levels of vibration to be able to move them to the next level what we know is this strategically as an organization is when we go to uh, coach a company or teams we will often double or triple our coaches so they go in as as squads as little hit squads Mm -hmm. and what we do which is interesting is we will put a high vibration disruptor in like myself and then we will put in somebody who is much more softer and caring and um you know there to support so it's all like right, it's okay. like yin yang, right? It's yin yang, yeah, right? Yeah. So I can break and they can then support, or they can support and I can break their world. So we actually work much better together than we can in isolation. So That's the problem brilliant. is with that is yeah, it's actually hard to be an individual coach. You want to be a team of coaches. You can make a bigger impact. Right. And so with that in mind, then different types of coaches and different styles working together is probably more effective. Much more effective, yeah. So then the question is, is who's your yin and who's your yang? Who works yeah. well together? And some people just naturally fit. Um, uh, and then you throw them at companies together or teams or squads. So, um, uh, yeah, that, 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 that would – and some people can do kind of – like some people are really awesome. They could do lots of different things. But, yeah, you're more powerful together. So find your, find your people. So we were going to jump into – there's a couple of things that are, are well linked, but common mistakes that hiring organizations make when they're trying to hire mm. and common mistakes that job seekers make when they're trying to get hired. Yeah. And this is probably something that I can – Look, I mean, that was amazing. All of that insight is super interesting. It's probably not for me to to, um, to add any value to. That's your world. But perhaps this is a is a this is your world now. Yeah, kind yeah, of. You're, 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 you're like, I don't want to. You're in my house now, says. Yeah, Chris. I don't. I don't want to set set myself <laughs> up. But if I can't talk about these things after nine years on the job, I yeah. probably in the wrong the wrong job. Do you want me to ask you the question or do you want me to go first nah, or second? No, nah, no, nah, that's not how it works. So I'll ask you. <laughs> All right, so common like mistakes that hiring organizations make when hiring. Yeah, what, what have you seen? Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest mistake is we're in a talent shortage, like it's a, you know, market. 
It's mm. highly hot. Um, and large organisations have so many requests that come in, they don't give the care to the candidates that they need. 100%. Yeah, that's the number one problem they have. They're just too distracted. There's too many things going on. And good talent needs to be looked after and nurtured, you know. It does. Uh, yeah. And I think from you said that, that's, that's what you said to me yesterday, and I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, from the from the very start of the process, you're, you're trying to swoon somebody almost in this market, right? It's, you know, you've got to swoon them through the process, make sure they're engaged, make sure they're excited. And inevitably, they're going to be getting tapped on the shoulder by other organizations as they move through a process with you. And so what are you doing to make yep. your role more interesting than anything else that they can get tapped for? Yeah. I don't, I don't like the word swoon. Connected, I think, is the word I'd probably use. You know, like the truth is, if you really think about it, we have a lot of um, <laughs> um, self-doubt issues as human beings. You know, like we have a lot of negative – everyone does, right? Like mm, mm. if you didn't know it, like, you know, we're highly critical of ourselves. So the problem is if, if someone doesn't talk to you for two or three days, you're like, oh, they don't, they don't like me. Oh, they're not interested in me. Oh, well, I'm not good enough, right? So I don't think it's swooning, right? It's more like are you connecting with the right humans to be able to make sure they feel connected into yeah. the process? It's the same thing, by the way. We're just using um, but slightly different words. But, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. That's, that's the issue for large organizations. They don't connect with talent because right. there's too many things going on for them. That's right. And so often it's, it's, it's not necessarily a fault, but, you know, some of these talent acquisition managers and partners – they're inundated with roles across and we talked again we talked about this yesterday but you know they could have 40 and 50 live roles on at any given time across a number of different unrelated verticals and yeah. it's very difficult when you're managing that sort of workload to give the time and care to the candidates who are moving through your process yeah. and so inevitably people fall out or they, yeah. they make it through to an office stage and they don't feel engaged enough to to want to join that business the other part of that story is, the other part of that process for me, and this was something I thought about last night, is the people who don't get the job, who don't get offered the job with you are as important as yeah. everybody else as well, right? And that's what a lot of organizations fail to see and fail to think about during the hiring process because, you you know, in a traditional world, if you've got three people interviewing at Epic and there's one job, two people are going to go away and talk about their experience of the brand based purely on that interview process. And if they weren't cared for during that, they're going to spread pretty bad news about your business, you know? So one thing that we try and manage for our clients is is that part as well, the candidate experience. Yep, yep. Super yep, important. Yeah. In, through, and out the other end, positive or negative, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly something we've learned. As we, yeah, it's certainly something that we've learned um, uh, that we've had people come through that maybe wasn't the right fit, but in actual fact, we didn't have the right fit. And, and then we go looking back out of market again, going, who's available? But in actual fact, we've already got them. Yeah. You know? It's like, oh, how about what about that person? They were awesome. I'm like, yeah, they were awesome, you know? So, you know, just, I mean, that we, we, we've certainly experienced that. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like they go into the blind spot and you forget about it um, and you need to keep nurturing that. Um, Absolutely. Because everyone's in the same market, especially when they're quality, right? Especially with their talent. Definitely. And just, and, and just on that, like, you know, we refer to talent as people we want. That's kind of our language. Like they're not staff. Yeah, staff right. that staff of that sixty five percent who just turn up, we're not interested or employees. Yes, we we want talent. We want the fifteen percent that are promoters who are loving Super what engaged. they do. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's what we do. On your point there, I um, so I, I joined Precision, the business that that I now work for. Only, I think I'm on the fourth or fifth month, um, and I interviewed with the business initially more than two years ago, and um, when the time came for me to to want to make a move. 
Simon and Jill, the, the founders of our business, had kind of kept me engaged in a really friendly way over that two-year period. And so it was just an absolute no-brainer to, to open up the conversation and, and join the business. And it was more a case of timing than it was anything else. Yeah. You know, and so you, you'll find that as well, right? Providing the experience is good of people coming through um, the business and the process. If that if they're not getting hired now, there's nothing to say that in two, three years' time, it might be a perfect fit. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the flip side of this is then, what are the mistakes that job seekers are making? Yeah, yeah. So um, my advice to job seekers who who are, who are out there is um, to um, be yourself um, and to create space is what I would say the biggest failure is. So we find that people who want to come in and have a very predefined view of how the uh, interview should run, they should sell themselves, how they should talk um, and are listening. They're the ones, the one that we call it, the ego gets in the way. They're the ones that we, we disconnect from. We're like, oh, not for us. So my, you know, my advice is, you know, don't be silent, um, but, but create space to go, hey, you know, hey, Chris, what do you want to talk about? You know, hey Brad, what do you want to talk about? Like, it's that space yeah, which right. shows shows connection, and um, I think in the interview is so difficult because you're trying to get to know each other, but you fill the space, and then there's no space to be able to pivot the conversation or or change. So, yeah, um, that's know, a bit... interesting point there, and this probably goes back to the the organisations, but a lot of people who conduct interviews aren't experienced in doing that, you know, at all, and so it can be very difficult for a candidate in that instance where an interviewer has got a list of twenty questions that they want to rattle through. Because that's the process, um, you know, for the candidate to be able to take control of that. But it's good advice, nonetheless. Yeah, yeah. It just keep yourself in check and make sure the space is there and the connection is there. And, you know, one thing that we do for, from a coaching perspective, and I think it applies to an interview process as well, is um, try to create some kind of connection with um, with whoever you're talking to at the beginning. Like we, we will often say, if you're not laughing and you're not crying, you shouldn't be coaching. So, like, you know, like, like the connection that's really what you're after in the interview process. It's actually not what you say and fill in the space. It's like, do you have do you have a connection? And if you don't, try to build that connection. Try to I don't know, tell a joke or yeah. sing a song to someone. <laughs> like, like it doesn't what matter. Was the game? Right? Like play I'm yeah. a tree. <laughs> I play I'm a tree. Play I'm a tree. See what I did there? I built a relationship. So therefore, the rest of our conversation now is deeper and more connected because we played I'm a tree. Yeah, it's exactly it's exactly Chris how it works. Exactly how it works. So there yeah, so go. so that would be that would be my guidance to people who are interviewing. Make sure you have the relationship there. Make sure you don't dominate. Make sure there's space for connection. Ask questions. You know, can um can someone prepare to make a connection? I mean, can someone go on LinkedIn and see that you're a member of I don't know a motorbike club in Melbourne or whatever, and start talking about motorbikes? Is that it, or is that too surface level? I think you can. I think you can. Um, but I think the recommendation would be, and we practice this um, at Epic, is before you go into a meeting, any meeting that you're nervous about, is honestly close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths and just check your own personal energy and any baggage you've caught, just move it away and just make sure you turn up with the right intent. Like people feel, and we are incredibly smart things, us human beings. We're very, our EQ is phenomenal. Mm. And we can tell when someone is projecting negativity or positivity. Really, right. Or we can, you can feel it. Some people, you're just yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to hang out with that dude. That dude's boring, right? Is that, or is that more difficult on a VC, do you think? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think so. Therefore, the trick is, is before you go into any big meeting, close your eyes, think about, get all that negativity, put it into a bag and throw it away. Project about who you want to be and then turn up with positive intent. 
because people feel it makes that. sense doesn't it and yeah they feel it yeah yeah interestingly i was quite nervous for jumping on this podcast just because i'm so <laughs> inexperienced in doing it and yet i sit and talk to people like this all day every day and for some reason you stick a microphone in front and put it on a video it just feels different for some reason maybe there's something to unpack there for you chris maybe yeah i feel like i'm being coached to some extent so this is good i'm <laughs> i'm opening up things that i never thought about before <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can get up at four thirty and meditate about it being a sultana or something. Yeah, I'll, I'll tap your mate up in North America and see what advice he's got. Um, mate, you've given me so much fantastic content. I mean, it's super insightful, really wonderful to talk with you. Um, it's a very interesting guy, very open, very honest. The language, the insights—it's brilliant. <laughs> I don't know where I don't know where I go from here now. Who should I have on next? Any ideas? Oh, there's a lot of good humans out there. There's a lot, you know. Yeah, I'm sure you've, you know. Close your eyes and someone will come to you, you know, you know. I mean, you know, people come into your lives and get pulled in for different reasons. So just flow, go with it. Go with the flow, man. Go yeah. with the flow. The, the universe has got a much bigger plan than what you and I can see. I reckon you're right. Mate, yeah. thank you so much for jumping on. I'm going to um, wrap this up, stop the recording, and I'm going to go into the living room and play I'm a tree with my missus and yeah. my one <laughs> and see how far we can get. Do it, man. You can do it. Do it, for, do it for, go play I'm a tree. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I play stuff like that with my kids. We play Tiki Toki, which is, which is another one. Or what's Tiki Toki? You have to. Uh, it's, uh, you need a, you need a bigger group to do oh, it. Oh right, so, okay, right, right. But, but just jump on and do improvisation games. They're they're fun. They're fun. Yeah, I will for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Cool. Thank you so much. 